Hey, it's Kevin O'Connor. On today's episode of The Mismatch, Chris Vernon and I talked about all the latest news around the league from Paul George, extension with the Clippers, to the James Harden drama, and of course, the Kyrie Irving fine that came out on Thursday night. We also talked about the teams that are playing on Friday night. We got basketball tonight. So we went through each of the teams, five games, 10 teams playing on Friday night. So all that's next. It's The Mismatch, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Friday from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Blizzarian, Kevin O'Conflict, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Kindness, Kevin O'Cards, Kevin O'Cannabis, Kevin! <laughs> Vernon, you added some of the new recent uh, nicknames in there. I like it. I like switching it up, it up keeping little. it fresh. We gotta spice yeah, it like up it. a little. Especially with a new feed. Yeah, we've got the new feed. Uh, Again, thank you. Thank you, very, everybody. very appreciative mm-hmm. to everybody out there that has been uh, subscribing to the new yes. feed. Thank um, you. We have been very overwhelmed. Obviously, there is always going to be, be a bit of timidness and worry that we are leaving what we you know, was home for so many for the first four years in that Ringer NBA show feed. But you have truly come along with us, and we're very, very grateful for thank that. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Speaking of grateful... Early Christmas for Paul George, (laughs) who got a four-year, $190 million extension from the Los Angeles Clippers. Now, this news hit this morning, and I I mean, I think the instant reaction from a lot of people was, why were they doing that? They just blew a 3-1 lead. Like, why are you committing to Paul George for the long term and whatever else? And I'll I'll just tell you how I took it. Right off the bat, Kevin, you could tell me if you agree with this. So if I'm the Clippers and I'm not wanting to go forward with the Paul George, Kawhi Leonard marriage, I'm in a very, very difficult spot with him going into the last year of his contract because there's a finite amount of teams that would feasibly trade for Paul George because what players do um, 
is they get their agent to go out there and tell all these prospective teams that you wouldn't re-sign with, yo, don't trade for him. He's not re-signing with you. You're on, this is a rental, so he's not going to re-sign with you, so don't trade for him. And so they try to, you know, tamp down the trade market to any place you wouldn't want to go. Therefore, teams aren't going to give up a ton unless they have the assurance right off the bat that that guy's going to sign an extension. But that amount of teams gets whittled down to the ones where he would want to sign an extension with. And so... To me, this is the price of doing business with Paul George right now. You lock him into the contract, and now you see if it works, if you like the way it looks, or if there's a carryover from last year that you don't like. But you've got a real asset now on your yes, hands you that it. teams can trade for, right? Like you to me, it. that's it. I don't think this is as much about a commitment to Paul George and they want him to be a clipper for life as much as. We can't go into this season and if it doesn't work, not be able to get any, uh, you know, have three teams that we could feasibly trade with and not get crap back. For sure. I mean, I think you nailed it there. Uh, it, it, when it comes to him being a Clipper for life, there was an interview last week where he said that. And, you know, I actually heard that was the day where he actually signed the deal. Maybe it wasn't like sign of the dotted line, but there was an agreement since last week. So he knew when he said that that he's locked up of long-term. But for the Clippers, what did they do with Blake Griffin, Chris? What did they do? They brought him in. They showed him, you know, Clipper for life, you know, Clippers Hall of Famer, <laughs> you know, we love you. Made they a video. A tour. They did like a museum for him. Yep. And then they shipped him out, which was the right decision. Shipping Blake Griffin out led to everything that they got. It led to Shea Gildas Alexander. It led to all the young players. It led to a young, fun, exciting team that led to Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George and finals hopes. So that tough decision turned out to be the best decision they could have made. And now with Paul George, look, Paul George is still a great player. I mean, he struggled in the playoffs, shot 40% below 40% from the floor, 33% from three. He hit the side of the backboard in game seven of a blown three, one lead. He struggled. He blamed Doc Rivers for it all. (laughs) And he blamed Doc Rivers for all of it. But Paul George still, If you look at his numbers, he mentioned in that same interview or some other interview, he's been doing a lot of media recently, that he's training with the same guy that he had during his, quote, MVP season. It wasn't an MVP season. He might be misremembering the 2018-19 season with OKC, but he was an MVP candidate that year. Averaged 28 points by far, by far his best career season. There was a month that he was the best player in the league. Yes, there was. And that year that year he drew more fouls than ever before that's such a great job at getting to the rim and drawing fouls posted career numbers and that's what really gave him the difference in the scoring numbers this season with the clippers didn't draw quite as many fouls went down to his career numbers but if you look at the you know per 100 possessions or the per 36 minutes the numbers are pretty comparable to that season with okc so i wonder you know we talked about this last week with his comments about, you know, Doc's role not being right for him. I wonder if we will see them force the ball more to Paul George, like instead of him averaging uh, 16.3 shots per game, can they get him closer to 20, 21 like he had with OKC? Maybe that's a priority for this team because Paul George is still really, really, really good. And he's still a great defender. So you got to do this if, the, if you're the Clippers, but if it doesn't work out, 
and he falls flat on his face again in the postseason, and Kawhi and Jerry West and the whole front office, Lawrence Frank, if even Ty Lue coach, if everybody's like, we got to make a move here, you nailed it. You got him locked up long-term because it makes sense to lock him up long-term because he's a great player. But also, <laughs> if you got to make a change, the player's got to be signed long-term. And the Clippers have shown they're not afraid to make a big moves. And I had not thought about this, but you bring up a perfect example of the way this can play out with Griffin. There is not a chance in hell you can trade Blake Griffin to Detroit unless you've got him on a long-term contract. Because Blake Griffin's representatives would immediately say, do not trade for him or you can trade for him, but he's gone at the end of the season because there's no way he's going to keep playing in Detroit, right? Yeah. If he's got a choice about it. Um (laughs) Right, but he signed to a contract. And so now, and same thing with Paul George. At that point, I mean, bro, it doesn't matter if you want to play in Charlotte or not. Like you, if Charlotte wants to trade for you, you know, then, then you, they do. You know, yes. it happens. Well, w- one thing to make clear, it's not like the Clippers, you know, did all that for Blake knowing we're probably going to trade him in a couple months. Right. They do that. And then like he gets hurt and the team is in a position where it's like, I mean, we got to make a change like that happens. It happens. Plans change all the time in life and in sports and in business. And for the Clippers, this just, you know, it opens up more avenues for them. Like theoretically, let's just say. Paul George is not eligible to be traded until after the trade deadline, which is scheduled for March 25th. He can't be dealt until April 9th. So there will be no Paul George trade during the 2020-21 NBA season. But next summer, let's just say the Rockets still have James Harden. Let's say it doesn't go well. Suddenly, you know, Paul George for James Harden becomes an option. I mean, it really does. Like that's something that could be out there at that point. We need to talk and about this Harden thing because it's it, let's talk about Harden. Yeah, it's not going to happen. It. He's not going to be on that team, and I so say that talk because about Harden and Kawhi. <laughs> no, I I listened to I listened to a podcast uh, that Woj did with Doris Burke, and uh, at one point in the conversation, I wanted to see what he was going to say about Harden because um, obviously he's so plugged in. And one of the things that they mentioned, which I had not heard before, when they were talking about kind of feeling bad for Stephen Silas, was they painted a picture of, and I didn't realize this. Houston has let him do whatever he has wanted to do. Oh, yeah. As long as he's been there. Like, to the point where they were saying on off days, he might go out of town and go to the club and then come back. Or they may not practice on a day because he doesn't want to. Or they may stay in town an extra day in another city. Like, he was running things. And in fairness, he's a total Iron Man. He plays every single game. It doesn't matter what he's done the night before, and he goes out and he drops 40 points and he might have a triple-double, but that that's not the case with everybody else, and that that was one of the big rubs that when Westbrook got there, they're just two different humans, and one, Westbrook is very meticulous, like parked in the same parking spot every <laughs> single day. He arrived at the training facility at the <laughs> same time every single day. It's Does that very surprise sh- anybody? Everything we know about Westbrook and the way he plays, he, he feels like I'd be shocked if you said, oh, Westbrook is the type that doesn't have a routine. A like, routine just his personality, or a schedule. He seems very OCD. <laughs> and so all of that stuff, was wrecked right because he goes to houston and it's like wait what the hell's going on like no we're not staying overnight here like here's the plan and so basically the whole thing was look now how do you go back 
from that, right? Like once you've turned over the keys and everybody, act, you know, he gets to, he's the superstar and he gets to say, this is this way and this, this way. And we practice then. And, and Mike D'Antoni gave him that kind of leverage. The organization, frankly, gave him all that kind of leverage. You can't rein that back in. You just can't. You can't, you know what I mean? Especially now when he's not going to be at training camp or anything else. You got John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins trying to revive their careers. And so just hearing that and hearing that part of something of which I was previously unaware that kind of he called the shots on so much, like ultimate player empowerment with all that kind of stuff, that now at this point, like it's a, it, I think everybody kind of has always thought since all this started that it's a matter of when, but like now I am more convinced than ever because I don't know if you're Steven Silas, I don't know how you have any kind of proper structure or culture change or any of the things that a new coach talks about. If it's already been that way and you've kind of set the standard that you can do whatever you want to do. Cause, and we're dealing with the, we just talked about the Kawhi thing. And obviously that went the wrong way with ownership and doc rivers, right? At what point is, is it too much catering, right? Is it too I mean, much? A, catering? a lot of stars do get it. And, and of course they do. Know, yeah. I mean, in the case of Harden, like I, I think you're, you're pivoting to this cause it's like, you don't even expect it to get to that long to no, next summer. No. You don't expect that. And no, and way. Like, like I said to you and Bill earlier in the week, I don't think it's done yet. You still have to bring him back and he is back and he's got to do, you know, six negative coronavirus tests before he can return to full practice with everybody. Um, so, you know, if that happens, when that happens, he might enjoy having Christian Wood be able to pick and pop and roll down the lane and throw down big time dunks. He might enjoy having John Wall on the team. What if John Wall, look, look listen, would the Wizards, Part of the reason why the Wizards made that deal was for culture. They, they wanted the example Westbrook sets. They, it's everything David Aldridge reported that we talked about last week when the deal happened. They wanted a culture change and a player who's better and not coming off a ruptured Achilles. But with John Wall, what if it's true that like his point is my bone spurs were removed and I feel more explosive than I did prior to these injuries? What if that's true and we get a John Wall who's pretty good to pretty comparable to prime John wall. What if James Harden likes playing with that guy? What if with the new system, apparently they want to have more ball movement with the new ball movement. What if James Harden likes that? Like feelings can change quickly. And you know, the Rockets know Harden more than anybody. They may have seen mood swings from him in the, in the past where one day or one week or one month he's unhappy and then something clicks, something changes, a roster changes, a trade makes a change on the roster, and they may have seen that behavior change and for him to fall in love with the team and the organization again. They know him more than anybody because they've been there day to day with all the demands from him, with all the changes he asked for, with all the good and all the bad. And I see no reason at all to take anything now. And I even, I would go as far to say, I think taking it through the deadline, if your team is at least on the playoff bubble, at least like a six, seven, eight seed in the, in the West, even that to me is reason enough. Cause where is that offer that is acceptable for an MVP candidate? Where is no, it? It's, it's not gotta, there. It's, it, no, I, pro you're probably right. And I think this is probably Somebody who along the way probably did a pretty good convincing job of like, hey, let's all just play nice. 
can you just do this? Yeah. Say, say, That's show what up. raises value, too. That's right. Yep. Sh- show up, say all the right things, be a pro, and we will continue to look for a deal. Yes. But the help us help you thing. Thank you know what I mean? We understand. Exactly. We understand, and this might be over, but there's a season that's about to get played. So how about this? Show up. Be cool. Be cool with Steven Silas. Say the right things. Do the right things. And we'll get you out of here, man. But, like, we're in a position right now. We cannot. We we, we can't do this. Because, you know what I mean? Like, it it's the future of our franchise is going to depend on the deal that we get for you. So, let's just all play nice and say all the right things. And I, I will tell you, I'm not going to believe a word of it about, oh, he's actually happy here now. and uh, Because that's what you have to do with this what, what if the team's winning? What if the team is like the three seed in the West and Christian Wood looks great, John Wall's looking pretty good, like maybe he's, you know, we're getting, we're getting worked back, but he looks like he's getting better week to week. Even then, Chris, even no. if they're really good, no. you still want to buy it? Why? Why? You, I, so you, you say, why though? Because I think How, what that... If, what if Brooklyn is looking like less than what people expect from a team with KD and Kyrie Irving? Is that not possible? They have no defense. Because I think that once that decision has been made, and it obviously was made, that it's almost impossible to go back. We really only I have... Know, I don't agree. Well, we only have the Kobe one. When has it worked out? It, it's very rare. It's very rare, but like it's it's not always. And that public. was extenuating circumstances of which they were able to pull off a Pau Gasol I trade. I know, and that you was very saying? unusual. A trade, very unusual. Who, who, who reported that one, Chris? I did. That's what I. <laughs> for those of you, for those of you uh, that don't know what we're talking about, and obviously you wouldn't. Right before we went on the air, we were talking about we were talking about a story that Kevin could have broken that he didn't, and I said, "Look, man." It doesn't matter. This stuff is dust in the wind. It doesn't matter. Nobody ever remembers in the end. And I said, do you know who broke the Pau Gasol to the Lakers trade? And you're like, no. And I said, I did. And nobody cares. <laughs> it's, it's all, nobody cares. It doesn't matter. All these years later, it doesn't matter that that happened, right? It's all dust in the wind. It's news, right? And eventually everybody gets a hold of the news and very rarely do they ever remember who reported the news unless it's something that is like, you know, somebody got in a fight in a locker room yeah. and you're the only person that knows about that or you It matters like in that. the sense that like if that's what you want to do, if you're Woj or, or Mark Stein oh, sure. or Shams or Amick or whoever like likes breaking news, Chris Haynes that's right. building up, you know, over time that you are reliable source Absolutely. a reliable reporter to send the news out whether and it's you're, trades. You're, you're, look you're yeah. reliable Kevin. i mean i, I like I, yeah i like putting stuff out there when i know it's the truth you know sometimes when i have something i'll I put think it the out value is people knowing that you are plugged in and you have sure, sources yeah. within the league that's the value not necessarily that some guy signed an extension or some guy isn't reporting or something you know what i mean like I do think there is great value in the reporting, oh, right? No doubt. I'm just yeah. saying that with so much news in the NBA, one report here, one report there, it's dust in the wind. In the end, it, you don't really remember. News. That's yes. what makes it amazing what like Woj and Shams and all oh, those God. guys do. I mean, Machines. they are they're so plugged in. 
they're so plugged in. It's Crazy. it's incredible. Really, like you know, they are you know the source for news from some teams too. <laughs> Absolutely, they're machines. It's incredible. They're it's machines. Incredible. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's get back to uh, so obviously that Harden thing is still hanging out there, and we'll see what ends up happening. Um, <laughs> we talked about you know possibly Brooklyn at some point, and there was news on the Brooklyn Nets front because. We kind of goofed about it, but we didn't really go really in depth on it uh, last episode about the Kyrie Irving sending out a press release and I'm not going to talk to the media this year and I'm just focused on winning. And so uh, things are going to be different from now on. And here's how I'm going to be communicating. Like uh, you just get an email from Kyrie Irving that would tell you his thoughts. Well, the NBA didn't like Kyrie Irving's uh, giving... (laughs) statements to the media uh, stance. It said Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets have each been fined $25,000 by the NBA for failure to comply with the league's media rules. The fines result from Irving's refusal on several occasions this week to participate in team media availability, the NBA said. The NBA requires that healthy players be available to reporters before and after games and practices. Typically, The league also has teams set aside one day at the beginning of training camp for every player on the roster, as well as a general manager and a coach to speak to reporters. This year, the league's coronavirus protocols limit the number of players allowed in a facility at any given time. And teams have been making a handful of players available each day. Irving has declined. Speed up your voice for this. (laughs) Irving has declined numerous requests to speak to reporters uh, since the beginning of training camp on December first okay. and so uh, did you, wait, no, don't slow it down like Colin Hanks like did you see the Colin Hanks no, thing that uh, he's been doing on podcast no uh, uh, like he has on his Instagram story so he listened to the watch okay. with Chris Ryan and Andy Greenwald and then he did it with binge mode with Mallory Rubin and Jason Concepcion where he listens to the podcast on 50% speed <laughs> and so they sound really drunk and he's like having a conversation with them like they're at a bar or something like that. It's hilarious. So he did two ringer ringer videos about that. And it's I great. love it. I'll have to go we, check we, it we out. We can speed up your read of the press release, but yeah, right. feel free to slow down everything else. I was just trying. I was just, listen, I was only, I was not doing that because I thought it was mega interesting. I was doing it because I wanted people to be aware of kind of what the NBA protocols are and how big of a giant piss uh, Kyrie Irving was taking on those protocols. Now you like, it's like, you don't have to take a side on this, but I will say that as a fan of the league and as a fan of teams in all of sports, I want to hear what the best players have to say. I want to hear what you think about your teammates. I want to think, I want to hear about that shot you took at the buzzer. And so for him to say, hey, I don't like what some people have written about me or said about me in the past. So now I'm going to freeze out everything, especially with his role within the players union, does a colossal disservice to fans. Now, I don't think media should get all self-righteous and stand up uh, about this because the league always works this stuff out. Like the truth is you can't act this way. but. 90% of the time, I don't feel like he is misrepresented or people are hypercritical of things that, uh, that he said for no reason. He says a lot of strange stuff. And he also says stuff that 
a lot of people might not agree with, right? Including LeBron James, for that matter, who just, you know, said he was hurt by what Kyrie said about having a player that can hit <laughs> clutch shots next to him and whatever. Like, it's not like, like and, and so you have the choice to be able Sorry. to talk and somehow there's all manner of players throughout the league and all manner of superstars throughout the league that navigate this just fine. So is this a media problem or is it a Kyrie problem? Like, why is it? Why is this not a thing with everybody else? You, you think uh, Kyrie is just trying to protect himself, saying, you know, from being in front of the media, knowing he he might say something. I don't <laughs> he might know. Blame the media, but, but <laughs> I don't know what it is. But but ultimately, with Kyrie. I mean, he's obviously a complicated guy and like, I'd love to talk to Kyrie and just, you know, have a conversation, whether it's on a podcast or not, just to get a, you know, a feel for who he is, you know, who he really is. And, but with him, with the media, you're right. He said a lot of stuff, you know, whether it's about teammates or whether about it's about the earth, <laughs> you know, it's like with Kyrie, he said some stuff that is polarizing. And with him, I feel like he is somebody who. He's a polarizing character in the league. He's a polarizing person with the things he says, and he's a fantastic player, so he has this platform. He's fun to watch. He's got awesome shoes. He's got a fun style of play. I mean, like, kids love Kyrie around the world. He's that level sure. of player. But on the inside, he's somebody that just kind of wants to chill out and doesn't want all that attention and want all that fame. So it's like there's these two opposing forces that work within him that, you know, turn out and spit out, you know, some of the things he says or the statement, like this idea, which isn't going to work. And and it's like with him, it's, it's the type of thing where I, he's the type of player. I wouldn't be surprised if he just retires early, maybe wins a title on Brooklyn and retires in his early mid thirties because oh, for him, I mean, it just wouldn't shock me. That's not me like reporting, you know, rumors or anything like that. He's spoken about the idea of retiring young in the past, but with him, it's just like, he seems like someone that doesn't, care for any of it, you know, except for the basketball aspect. And well, I think and he, he's even said that, you know, but I mean, I, you what you don't want is somebody that is even a high ranking person within the players association. You exactly. You know, you don't. setting mm -hmm. that kind of a standard. And that's why these fines came down. And I would just tell anybody that I understand resent or dislike towards the media. I, I, I get it. I get it, yeah, man. Me too. I, I get grew it. up fans. I grew up being pissed off when reporters sure. would say something. I grew I mean, of course. I get it. And you defend <laughs> your guy. But I yeah, will tell exactly. you that part of being a fan is that free flow of information and that you you can hear from these guys, right? And that you do hear what they have to say about the game that was just played. Or, I love that. I used to watch yeah. like Celtics post game all the time with my dad. After games, we the game would be over 930 that we watch until 10 or 1030 after post game to see what the players said, to see what Tommy Heinsohn said and everybody uh, in that studio. Cause I love that. I love I it. And I will tell you that there is always, you know, I, I'm part of a post game show and you, you hear from players when they win. Also, when you lose, yes. you would get LeBron James in the locker room talking about what he thought about John Morant playing against him yes. the first time and whatever. It's like, this stuff does matter. Like, you know what I mean? Like, every day, it's about what these guys have to say, you know? And I'm sorry that somebody was critical of you at some point. Um, but, you know, look, man, it's part of the job. And you're you, you don't get to say it's not part of the job. 
It's not always the fun part of the job. I'll tell you this, like, look, you and I get on a much, 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 much smaller level, but we get criticized all the time. There's not a show that we do that, you know, somebody doesn't say, right? Like, Kevin, I wish you didn't have Chris as your co-host or they say, I don't like Kevin. He never, he never says anything. I agree. Whatever it may be like, once you are in the public eye, you're in, you've got a For target sure. on you, right? Yeah, like that's yeah. the way it is. And I guess you could just say, I'm going to shut all that off. But at some point, everybody's dealing with it. You ain't the only one. You ain't the only one that's For dealing sure. with it, right? And frankly, nowadays, everybody's dealing with it even when they're not famous. That's not that's not social fun. media now for anybody. High school kids. Yes. I mean, I, uh, dude, I had a, I had a buddy the other day who said he was asking me what he should do about his daughter is in middle school and she had put up like a TikTok or a, a web video or something. And a couple of the boys at school got in the comments of it and were making fun of her ears. Like the chip. And she was just uh, crying her eyes out. He's like, Do I call the kids' parents? What do I do? And I'm like, This is the world we live in now, though, right? Like that was, yeah, you could get teased at school face to face or whatever. But now yeah. these kids, it happens to them when they're young. Like now, like if somebody was going to criticize me when I was a kid, they did it to your face at school. And sometimes you'd end up getting in a fight over it or you could just make fun of him back or whatever else. But now, even on the internet or something, they'll start jumping on each other and criticizing each other, making fun of each other or whatever else. And, like, that's real life, you know? And I just think about it even with my kids. It's a different world where they get, you know, that even now, I think that humans are having to deal with criticism at a much earlier age than ever before and For now sure. are so much more open to it. And so I'm sorry, man. I'm not going to cry a river about somebody saying something bad about you <laughs> because, you know, yeah, you're mega famous, but, like, you got $40 million at least in your pocket. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I don't want any – I don't think anybody should have to deal with unfair or undue criticism. On the other hand, bro, get over it. Like, yeah. come on. Come on, yeah. dude. Seriously. I feel you, man. I feel you, man. Can you just, why thing? can't you just be cool? I think about that all the time. Why can't he was he was Uncle Drew? Like, why do you have to be like why do you have to be like this? Why do you have to be so like arrogant and like turned off and saying weird shit all the time? Like, just be cool. And I know people that know him and say he's cool. Yeah, but he just doesn't act cool at all when he's in front of a camera or behind a microphone. Like, like, just be cool, man. You know, I don't you need, understand. Need, need, need a podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. Be cool, Kyrie, hosted That's by it. Kyrie Irving. Just be cool, right? man. Well, I guess he'll be cool now. What would be funny is if he just keeps taking fines. You know, yeah. what I mean, I mean, you're you're so right though. Every single thing you said there about. You know, the way it is nowadays, like I've gotten some pretty nasty messages and emails. Usually it's Instagram DMs for some reason. That's where I get the nastiest stuff. And pff, 
There's some I mean, mean people out it, there, it, man. There's mean people. And like when I see stuff like that, like it's one thing if someone says you have a stupid basketball take. Like that's just friends arguing. Like when I see something like that, like you're wrong about the Wizards or whatever, that's just us arguing as buddies. That's cool. It's when it's personal that sometimes it's like when I see stuff like that, I was listening to a philosophy podcast years ago. I can't even remember the name of the pod. It was so long ago. And someone on that show was talking about like criticism and how you respond to it. And he said the way he thinks about it is, is someone is, you know, especially rude to him in a personal way. He's like, I hope that makes you feel better because if someone is going to do that to another person and hurt them in ways that they don't understand, that person probably has something going on themselves, you know, something within that they're like, you know, re- they're just outlashing at people and they're trying to hurt other people because of something from within, whether it's, you know, depression or like, you know, you know, you're frustrated about life, whatever it might be. It could be literally anything. And like the person on the philosophy podcast basically was just saying, so I think like, I hope that makes you feel better. And it, they, they almost just like deflect the, the, the feeling they, that they may get from that. And there's some stuff I've received, you know, like this past year that I, many times I've thought, I hope that makes you feel better because I feel like I'm so hardened by the internet. I've been on the internet since I was 11 years old and I grew up on forums. I was on like cartoon orbit forums for anybody who's around my age, Neopets forums. I was on sports forums growing up and I would take it. And like, it's a type of thing where you, that's the way the internet was when I was 11 years old, 12 years old, 13 years old, all through my teen years. And for me, I feel like I have like 20 years experience of just like weird, like personal comments being thrown at me and the type of thing where I just, I just, it literally, I don't feel anything like it doesn't hurt me. So it's just funny, you know, for me, like with my upbringing growing up on the internet, when it's stuff like this, where I wish sometimes like people like obviously I wish more than anything else that those people are able to get the help they need that say stuff like that to others. But it's also like, you just gotta like, just let it go. Especially when it's part of, unfortunately the job, it's an entertainment job. And, and you're I in the think that eye. that's, and, and so to wrap this back, I think that's why sometimes it in a different, maybe in a different era, Kyrie Irving would get more of the benefit of the doubt and feel more like, a colossal victim. Yeah. Right. But yo, like, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry that you didn't like something that somebody wrote. Right. But we're not changing the way sports works. <laughs> because, sure, yeah. Right. Because it's part of, of it, it right? those post game shows, those pregame shows, those anybody, you know, morning shows, those anybody podca- could yeah. do that though. Kev, anybody could do it. Giannis could come out tomorrow and say, I don't want to yeah. talk to media this year. Mm hmm. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Hulu Plus Live TV. Looking for a better way to watch live TV? Stream your favorite sports and shows over 95 live channels with Hulu Plus Live TV. Get access to Hulu's entire streaming library, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus, all in one plan. Start your free trial of Hulu Plus Live TV today. Live TV plan required. Restrictions apply. Offer valid for new and eligible returning subscribers only. Access content from each service separately. Learn more at Hulu.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. USAA is insurance that could lead the league in assist. That's because bundling auto with home or renter's insurance saves you money. 
USAA understands the needs of our military, veterans, and their eligible family members, and they've got great rates and insurance options to meet them. See how much you can save. Tap the banner to learn more and get a quote at usaa.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. I, I, we got to mention this. It's a quick 20-second timeout. The whole story this morning about how he's added the Bucks to a team you would want to be traded to. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. We forgot to talk about that. What the <laughs> hell? But so he added the Bucks and the. Who, I don't think the, Giannis teams, added right? the Bucks, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what matters here. That's cool that you added the Bucks. Are they trading Giannis? I mean, oh, yeah, the bu- yeah, so so he had the Bucks and the Heat added to his list above teams that he would like to be traded for with Milwaukee. Like the most they could actually offer is the swapped first round picks in 2021 and 2023 with Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Dante DiVincenzo. If it, let's say he, this is me just speculating here. Let's say Houston does have to trade Harden, but they want to take the Spurs approach. The Spurs took, you know, DeRozan and Pirtle. They wanted to continue winning now. They didn't want to go into full-on rebuild. Mm. What if that's the approach Houston wanted to take? Middleton is an all-star <laughs> two years in a row now and a really great defensive player. So, you know, I'm just saying, it's not to me, if they're taking picks, if they're taking young players with a future focus, hell no. Milwaukee has zero, zero percent chance of getting James Harden. Zero. But... If Houston wants to get veteran players, which we may disagree with, but if they want vets, Giannis ain't letting that happen. Chris, Chris, uh, maybe not, but I'm just saying, how am I wrong about that though? If Houston wants vets, if Tillman for Tid is like, we got a field, a playoff team still, if we trade James, if the owner says that the front office got to do it and we've seen it happen before. Man, I'd hang up that phone and get Ben Simmons. (laughs) I, I know, me too. That's not but a I'm better saying, deal than that. I, I agree, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like that, if that's the, if that's what Fertitta wants, what if that's what ends up happening? The best player that is out there, because we're going to assume that with that Miami thing, they ain't getting rid of Bam out of bio, right? No, Who would not. be a. I don't that's see how saying. Miami has a. Miami is a team I look at, and I'm like, where's their path? That's how they're giving up he all would their be, picks. Well, what hero and hero, hero too, and a lot of picks. But do you do, th- do you do that if you're Miami? Absolutely not. Absolutely okay. not. I'm just curious. I'm not saying I wouldn't, but I'm curious. Because you just played in the NBA Finals while losing Goran Dragic, and you were competitive in those NBA Finals while losing Goran Dragic. And I think Bam Adebayo is going to get even better. So there are a lot of NBA teams that think 
you know, Miami making is partially just, you know, a little fluky, not because of the bubble, just like they're like that Cinderella team. That's what some people in the league. I think. don't believe that for a second. But that's what some people think in the league. A handful of executives Those I've talked to recently, goofy. you know, I believe someone else reported recently teams think they're kind of fluky too. They're goofy. I don't, I don't, I don't feel that way. But that's the way people feel. What if Miami themselves? What if people within that front office think? How can you say no to James Harden, an MVP level caliber? That player is not with, a Pat Riley guy. Pat Riley, Jimmy no. Butler, he is the not. antithesis of Heat culture. <laughs> he is the antithesis. Of As a star culture. player, you mean not yes. like you know. Obviously, you're you're bringing bench players. They might have personalities like that, but yeah. bro, you have to sta- be stars. You're talking star levels. You're talking. You have to be there before practice to get your freaking body fat taken. <laughs> you can't. You can't be smelling like tequila and uh, oh jeez, don't you know, say that. Whoever, <laughs> don't say from, that from the night before. That's true. What? No, I wasn't. I was saying tequila, the alcohol, not the girl. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, Chris. He, it's not like he doesn't oh, like what am I speaking out of school that he likes to party? I mean, there's been three <laughs> there's been three pitchers this week, Kevin. <laughs> what are we talking about? Like you act like I'm breaking news here? <laughs> Shit, I've seen him. I've seen him in three different clubs this week. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> like what? You act like I'm like a conjecture. Like no, I saw it. I saw it on Instagram, Kevin. All right, let's get yep, to. Yep, yep. We are going to get to uh, watch basketball starting tonight. So you're so thing. You're so you're saying he's going to Milwaukee. <laughs> That's Hell no. Nah. Giannis ain't letting that happen. Uh, I mean, uh, he might. No way. Absolutely. That would, that would be hilarious. After all the beef. Between those two, the they last couple of years. They got real beef. They do have beef. They got real, real beef. beef. Giannis said he wanted a guy who could pass. <laughs> and James Harden said basically that Giannis was skillless. <laughs> He's just a big yeah. bull in a china shop. It's so funny. I mean, they really don't like each other very much. Oh, man. Can you imagine that marriage? Oh, that would be no, funny. What was the other clip? The other <laughs> clip was even better. And I had never seen that one. Um, so for anybody that doesn't know what we're talking about, go to my man Worldwide Wobs feed oh, yeah. uh, and you can find this recap of the Harden and Giannis beef. But the one that I had not seen before. So we had the Giannis one where he's he said he, they're doing the all-star draft and he said, I'm either going to pick Kemba Walker or Trey Young. And Charles Barkley says, wait, you're not going to draft the dribbler? And Giannis <laughs> said, no. I want somebody that's going to pass, which is hilarious that <laughs> yeah, he's choosing yeah. between Kemba Walker and Trey Young, <laughs> but whatever. Um, who are not exactly known as, they're not modern day Steve Nash's here. Well, um, one, one quick interjection Trey is a really good passer. It's just he's a ball dominant guy. He he's has a, a ball. He's like, a really good passer. I get it. He's a good passer. He's a really, but, good, he's a really good passer. But bro, when you've got the ball every single time, you get a lot of assists. Like when the whole offense is built around Trey's you. He's a way better passer than you're giving him credit for, but we'll save that conversation for like an Atlanta conversation. Maybe, maybe later in this pod. Let's, can we at least say he's they do not. Play Friday night. Can we at least say he's not pass first? <laughs> can we at least say that? I mean, he's become a score first guy. Yeah. Yes. Uh, That's his role. That being to. said, I, the one the clip I hadn't seen was the post game of the All Star game, and they asked him about the game. I don't and Giannis, this. you didn't see this? I don't recall it. No. And Giannis says, "Well, 
our game plan down the stretch was to give the ball to whoever James Harden was guarding. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and atta- and yeah. attack him. And yeah. I was like, God! Like, I mean, that's so obviously him taking a shot at James Harden. Yeah. Like, why would you even say that? Like, Giannis really doesn't like that dude. He doesn't like that dude. <laughs> that, and he threw the ball on his head before. Granted, it was a mistake. <laughs> he was trying to throw it to Malcolm Brogdon for a corner three, but he nailed hard in the head. Yes. Oh, it's so funny, yeah. man. All right. So oh, that'd be great. Anyway, I don't think that one's going to happen either. I That's Look, it. I've said this two months ago or whatever. Maybe whenever. As soon as Daryl got that job, I said, you watch. James Harden will be on Philly. I still like think I said, that though, to this I, day. I'm with you there, but like, also watch out who's the sleeper. Who's the team, you know, like we talked about Tuesday with Bill Simmons, who's the team that comes out of nowhere and they put it all on the table and Houston's like, sorry, James, <laughs> and they take the best deal. That team might come out there. We saw it with Paul George going to OKC. We saw it with Kawhi Leonard going to Toronto and winning a championship. It happens. It happens. And it could happen again with a player of James Harden caliber who almost net players that good never become available. It's so rare. Sorry, with Kawhi, we could possibly see it again with, with James Harden. All right. Uh, there is going to be basketball that we can actually watch. And we talked about while the outcomes don't necessarily matter, it is fun to get to see these teams back in action. Oh, yeah. And for a good group, a good amount of teams, we haven't seen them even play since March. So it'll be interesting. And so I'm just going to run through the five games that are going to be tonight as kind of like a jump off point. And I'm just going to, I'm going to name the team and you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about that team and the upcoming season. Okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. We start with the opener. The Orlando magic. Our opener. Yeah. (laughs) Say it. Orlando magic. Say Um, it. Say what it. Wa- what do you want me to say? Mo Bamba. <laughs> no, on. it's not Mo Bamba. I, was, I wasn't going to say Mo Bamba. <laughs> it was Markel Fultz. <laughs> oh, Markel Fultz. Oh, okay. It He's losing Markel his job Fultz. to my guy Cole Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> we, both like, got, we both got. We both got. We both got. You know, Fultz. holding on to yeah. hopes that our guy, our our draft yeah. prospects, work out there. Yeah. It's Markel Fultz. I, I want to see, is he shooting the ball better? You know, has he developed at all? He is was good last year. Yeah, I mean, he's solid. He's yeah. solid. He didn't, he, he's a guy who could stick in the league. But I want, I want to know, can, can Markel Fultz become a guy that can maybe lead a team? Is that still in there in him? Probably not, but it could be. That's the last team I saw in person before the bubble. Wow. Orlando. Um, yeah, it was the last team. Memorable uh, game. They actually, they actually came to Memphis and were great. Terrence Ross went off, but I thought it was interesting. They they had like at that point they had a poor man's version of what they were doing in Oklahoma City, where Michael Carter Williams kind of played the Shea Gilgis role, right? Uh, in that deal, so they kind of ran the three guards out there, and they were more fun than I expected them to be. Watching them, it was more fun. You know what I mean? Um, they're not. They're not bad. They're not a bad team. They weren't at least last time I saw them. They just got a bunch of odd, odd parts. And our boy Jonathan Isaac's got to make a career yeah. out of it. He was still, he was coming on and was really becoming a defensive force. And he's got to stay on the court, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Orlando might take a step back this year, but 
you know, still got some good pieces there. Yeah, I was surprised that they didn't do anything maneuvering wise. They didn't really make any big moves. I think I think they should be okay with it's that. It's on the horizon. Good, good, good year to be in the lottery. Yeah. Oh, they won't be in the lottery. Not with Steve mm. Clifford. I don't know, man. That's know. a eke out every single win, coach. Maybe. That's I mean, not like, a lay down, coach. But with Atlanta getting better, who we'll, you know, we'll talk about next because they're because they're facing each other, Washington, other teams right, in the so, East. Yeah, Atlanta. Know. All new. It's Trey Young. It's Trey Young. That's the number one name. And it's it's how he interacts with the new pieces around him. Like you said, it's a new team. They got Bogdan Bogdanovich, Rajon Rondo, Danilo Gallinari, more guys on that team that deserve touches. Those guys are deserving of touches. But Trey Young just averaged nearly 30 points with over nine assists. And he was one of the most ball dominant players in the entire league. Trey, to me, the best version of Trey Young is a guy that is leans towards the Steph Curry side of himself rather than the James Harden, rather than the, the true ball dominant force. It's the guy who's also a threat off the ball. Can Trey become a guy who can run off screens, who can come off handoffs and hit a three at a high level from, you know, five feet behind the arc. Can he do that when Gallinari's running the pick and roll with John Collins? Can he do that when it's, Bogdan Bogdanovich getting a possession at the end of the game and Trey's going to get himself open. To me, if Trey Young can become that guy, we'll see him take another leap this season from really, really, really impressive guy who could average 30 and nine to somebody who has winning qualities. And, and that, that's what I want to see. I want to see that leap, a, win, a winning top 20, top 15 guy. Let me ask you about two young guys that they've drafted on their team, right? Um, We'll set aside this past year's draft. Would you buy more stock in DeAndre Hunter or Cam Reddish? Still Cam. Still Cam Reddish. I think with Cam all season, even Hunter was, was a high draft pick too. Hunter was good, you know, but like I, I like Cam still. Cam to me, he sucked on offense to start the season. Like just awful to watch. Just gross. But he was great defensively all year long. Yeah. And at the beginning, at the end of the season, he came along offensively. He was getting a lot better, a lot more comfortable. Shots were starting to fall. He looked more comfortable on drives to the rim and finishing. And with Cam, like it, it it's so, like you can get yourself locked into an evaluation. If you see someone struggle early on or they're really impressive early on, if they're impressive, you you always think, oh, they, you know, they're just in a little slump. They'll get back to what level they were before. If someone is struggling, you think, oh, yeah, that's what they are, especially when it's a rookie. Because most rookies, you know, that struggle continue to struggle. Cam, he got better. He got better, Chris. He, he did. Is, he is very, and I'm not saying this as, well, it's going to come off as a criticism. He is very uh, Rudy Gay, Jeff Green, Ben McLemore in the sense other players think he's really good. Like, he must be a dynamite pickup player when they all play pickup, yeah. right? Because he is an immensely talented player. Right. He's a well liked person too. People and he is like a well -liked him as a person. I mean, he's like he's like sort Everybody of likes he's sort of like Clay Thompson, like you know, minus like the fun China Clay and all that. You know, <laughs> like it's like with Cam, he's just quiet and he likes to be in the background yep. and just hoop. All right, he like Knicks. don't want to man the ball. So Nick's uh, Obi Toppin. Oh, I thought Obi you were gonna say RJ. No, Obi. It's Obi. It, uh, beca and because with him, because. Obi, the defense is going to be better. Like simple as that. Like he's going to be fun on offense. 
I'd be shocked if Obi's not putting up points. He can shoot threes. He can roll the rim. Like he's going to be really fun. But how good is he defensively is the big question that we need to see. He told me like during his NBA draft combine interview or whatever it was, we put this in a video on the ringer actually talking about draft prospects. And Obi told me that's one of the number one things he's been working on. Lateral quickness, movement. You know, he's doing strength and conditioning. He's doing all this and that to improve his hip flexibility, his ability to change directions. Is that true? Well, we're about to find out Friday night. We're going to see him on the floor. I look forward to finding out if the training has helped him on defense. I want to make this clear because Knicks fans bust me up all the time. I still, look, I may be wrong about him. I still have my R.J. Barrett stock. I wouldn't give up on that. Mm -hmm. I know I got John Morant, but I still liked R.J. Barrett. Oh, yeah, man. I thought that that I I never turned into a, this is only a two-man draft. And I I think that Zion went into a very good situation. I think Morant went into a very good situation. And I think that kid went into a miserable situation. There's no debating. He went to it. I mean, his, his look, the front office got overthrown. The head coach got overthrown. And it, I mean, that's, and, and they lost over and over again. And you're trying to fit in. And that's your intro into the NBA. That is a tough spot. He is a immensely talented scorer. And I still have my RJ stock. I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, man. I still and like it's RJ low too. right now. It's low. But I, I think love. it's a good time yeah, to buy. Good time. Yeah, I am with you. Uh, Pistons. Oh, God. Oh, I mean, you know who it is. I'm not going to say rookies for I all know. of them, hey. by the way. But that it's Killian Hayes, of course. Oh, I thought you were. I thought you were going to say the land of centers and how it all plays together. No, no, I'm no, kidding. It's Killian Hayes. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's Did Killian, you see that? Yeah. Did you see that guy Troy Weaver the other oh, day? Yeah, he's like, I love centers. <laughs> Like, okay. Yeah. Like he was like, I, I, I freely admit he was like, make all the it's center. He, he said, make all the center uh, center jokes you want. I do love center. That's and so I was funny. like, is he for real? <laughs> like, Bro, that's fine if you love them, but you ain't got to sign them all. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Buy the basketball card. You know what I mean? <laughs> what are you doing? I, I want to see you uh, play the, play the five centers. At one time, it's it was Vladdy Divock's dream. Now I guess it's Troy Weaver's dream. Anyway, you Killian know, one, Hayes. One quick thing on the centers, though, what they did makes sense if you remove Blake Griffin. If you trade Blake Griffin for like a wing or a guard or draft picks, suddenly the pieces kind of fit. Like with way the way like you'd have Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumley starting with Isaiah Stewart, and and then that's a three big rotation. And then Jaleel is a, a deep bend. I'm not saying it's they're going to win. It's a 24 win team. I'm not saying that You can't winning. tell me it makes sense. It I, makes sense if you want to lose every no, night. No, I'm it saying makes, it makes sense from like a roster no, balance perspective is all no, I'm saying. No. <laughs> no, it if doesn't. Trade, yes, it does. No, it three doesn't. rotation, three bigs in a rotation with one depth guy and Jaleel Okafor wouldn't play. It makes sense. Oh what, what what are you talking about? Give me give me the ones that are playing. Jeremy Grant's not even really. It, so let's say what right do we now, do with Dwayne Dedman? Right now you got Blake Griffin, Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley, Isaiah Stewart, Jaleel Okafor, and Sekou Demoya would play some, you know, four or two. Wait, is it Dedman there? Dedman got he's gone. Oh, he is? Yes. Oh, man, I feel bad about that. Sacramento Kings fans. Jumped me last year when I said that signing sucked. 
How'd that Oof. work out? Yeah, they, they did. I remember that. Remember that? I remember that? those, I, I remember those tweets. Oh, saw, you never watched him. You never <laughs> watched <laughs> him play. You never watched him. <laughs> like they were like they were sitting around watching a 20-win Atlanta team. <laughs> Just listen to me. I'll tell you when their team does right and when they don't. <laughs> Friggin' Dwayne Deadman. Get off my nuts. Jesus. Chris is on one. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> he quit on him. I, I, you know, they like, got rid of him by like the trade deadline. They signed like Trevor Ariza, Corey Joseph, and Dwayne Deadman. I'm like, oh, yeah, great. Jeez. Good jobs. Woo. Jeez, Chris. Dwayne Deadman. You're wow. on the way. By the way, Dwayne Deadman, I'm just making this clear. He's deserving of a, of a job in the NBA. Where was he? Three-point shooter. Wait, they cut him? Yeah, he's gone. Oh. Yeah, got, let go. Wow, that's crazy. See, he can shoot threes and defend. He needs to go play for Mike Budenholzer again. Hmm. Actually, could be pretty good for them if they trade Brook Lopez. For, 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 they got for rid of Robin. Harden. Yeah, I know. They did get rid of him. So Robin, you know, he can go in there and play with him. Anyway, all right, back what to Killian A's. Is Killian A's going to be immediately good, or is it going to take a while? What do you think? Um, I mean, he's going to be better than I think people expect. Better As than Frankie who, Smokes? Yeah, sure. Oh, better than oh. Frankie Smokes. That's okay. I don't know why you're taking shots at Frankie Smokes. We're talking about the Pistons. Come on, oh, Chris. I, well, they're playing each other. <laughs> I know, it's I know. It's a battle of France. Stay away from Frank. It's Give a him battle time. of France. Give Frank some time, please. Stay away. This thing is going to have huge ratings in France, Pistons, Knicks. That's the only place. Yeah. Oh, God. There's going to be more people watching this game in France than there are in New York and Detroit. Well, with Killian Hayes, yes, he'll be better with the other point guard playing on the other team, the other French point guard, the other top 10 pick. But I'm excited because I thought, you know, everything I've heard about his training this summer, focusing on his weaknesses, especially his offhand. James Edwards from The Athletic wrote a really great story about all the training Hayes did this summer, breaking everything down. And everything I've heard out of Pistons, you know, you know, scrimmages so far is people are impressed by what they've oh. seen from Killian Hayes so far. So for me, like I had him ranked number one and, you know, we'll find out. Yeah, Starting, you got a lot start, of stock in the guy. There's no we'll way find around out. And, and for him, I think there's a lot of talent there and I think it would be really cool if the Pistons with the situation that they're in right now, they have a guy that gives them, you know, some reason for optimism. Cause I think Killian A's could be that guy. And it's also cool. You know, you get Derek Rose on that roster. Another guy that once he gave a franchise hope That's right. and, you know, you know, then help along Killian Hayes, maybe do that. Rockets. Oh boy. I mean, I mean, like when you said rockets, everything was the first word that popped into my head. That doesn't really count. That's not specific. But how can it not be anything but everything? Because John this team, Wall, right? Like, I mean, we just want to see I what mean, he looks but, like. But like, he fits into John Wall directly fits into the, all the James Harden stuff we talked about. That's right. You know, it fits into so much with there. It's like, how good is Boogie? Two guys coming back from major injuries with Houston. To me, from a basketball standpoint. I'm excited to see this team. Like I think on paper, forget the hardened drama for like a moment, like pretend it doesn't exist. And you only knew about this team on paper, the names on the page. You'd look at them and like, huh? Huh? This is pretty impressive. A breakout player in Christian Wood who can roll to the rim and shoot threes, plays pretty good defense. You'd look at the other guys they had, John Wall. You look at the name, you look at James Harden, the name, you'd look at the, what they did with their versatility on defense past couple of years. You think this is a pretty good team. 
and they have a chance to be really good. But then you fact you can't do that without factoring in the drama. And that to me, what makes them probably the number one most interesting team to watch from like a business standpoint with the moves they make from a drama standpoint with everything. Like they are the team to watch. One thing that you haven't mentioned, they're not going to be the small ball spread it out. PJ yep. Tucker at the five team. They got a new coach and Steven Silas, who was very highly respected and was part of a team that just had one of the most efficient offenses in NBA history that he was overseeing. And so uh, it's good, just going to be weird. We've gotten so used to seeing the Rockets being the team that shoots 65 threes a game and might play five small small guys at any given moment. And how much different does it look now? And especially, yeah. obviously, we're not going to get a good gauge until Harden comes back if he comes back. Uh, Bulls. Hmm. Billy Donovan there now. Billy Donovan there. Um I mean, I, I don't want to say another rookie in Patrick Williams. Oh, I was going to say Kobe. <laughs> but, I, he came on at the end, right before it's this the all. Backcourt. It, it, it's how do these pieces fit together, right? It felt like Kobe White was really coming on. He, when he it's some when, big games. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that last yeah. month before they suspended play, mm -hmm. Kobe White was nice. And so he was really good. And, and I think him and Zach Levine, they're an interesting backcourt. Those guys kind of similar ish styles you know they're not necessarily defensive oriented players but they play really hard on offense and they're dynamic scores and do we get a marketing revival hot yeah. rookie dead man sophomore year mm -hmm. and no so doubt it's about like it. which is it and wendell you know carter I mean? wendell carter as well another guy's been kind of underwhelming i still Me like too. him I, do you like him more than marvin bagley now no <laughs> no <laughs> oh we'll get to marvin bagley do. he's he's back He's we'll back. get to him, but with Chicago, I uh, you know, you know that's what's encompassing all those guys is this, the new coach Billy Donovan in the system. Can he install the offense that he long wanted to install in OKC with motion and passing and cutting, just like his great teams that he had in college? That is the thing that he's always wanted to do and push more of. It just didn't work because of the personnel. Like you don't do that with Russell Westbrook. But with Chicago, with the younger team, with Zach Levine and with White and, you know, the pieces on that team, can he install it? And if so, how does it look and how does it facilitate the development of those young players? I think Levine ends up getting moved. That's my prediction. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Teams want, teams want him. It's just yeah. a matter of. Oh, I think you Chicago could get a really good him. return for him. Oh, yeah. Teams want him. Teams you want Zach mean? Levine. He's a good player. He just averaged 26 points with pretty good efficiency considering good his role. He's only 25 years old. He's a good player. And I think with Levine, he's not uh, you know, a lead playmaker for you, but he can still pass a bit. He can still make some plays for others. And maybe he as he gets older, he you know hones that ability, you know, further and he becomes an even better passer. Maybe he starts trying on defense even more consistently. He doesn't need to be the man. Yeah. Though he though though on some nights he can do it. He can yeah, do it. Yeah, but if he's the nights. man on your team, your team sucks. We just saw it. We found that out with Chicago, yeah. But, you know, he can be your maybe your second in a couple of years if he gets better in those categories. But we'll find out. You know, how, that's what I mean with Billy Donovan. Can he bring that out of Zach Levine in ways that we haven't seen at the level it can be? We are going to spend an inordinate amount of time on the Clippers and the Lakers this season. Those guys won't even play tomorrow night. Uh, you know, the big ones won't. And so we can bypass that. We're going to talk about these teams all Let's season. Let's do a quick hit. A quick hit. Luke Carnard for the Clippers. And oh. the reason why I say that is because we know everything else there. Like we know what Serge Ibaka is. We know 
what these starters are. When they are. made that deal, I tweeted out, he is better than you think he is. Yes. Uh, he exactly. Is. Exactly. To me, it's like the bench guys, even Batum. What does Batum look like? You know, does he have anything? Probably Wait. not, but does he? I mean, <laughs> but like, I'm just, you know, you want spoil? You want a spoiler? <laughs> I'm just saying. He I'm just stinks. curious. I'm curious to see the new pieces. Because with Kennard, look, I'm just saying any of the new pieces on there. Why'd you have to say Batum? Oh, I'm just saying. Like, I'm just saying. Like, I want to see these new guys that they have. I, I got. Is that, there yeah. a, is there anything they can they can bring to the team? And with Kennard, there absolutely is. Ibaka Kennard, I'll listen to. Come on, bro. <laughs> You want to see what Nicholas Batu looks like? No, you don't, dude. Uh, I'm not like it's the preseason. Yes. What are you? What are we watching for? You just said Kawhi and Paul Bro, George. I would, I, what else I, am I supposed to watch for? I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you something. It's the I, third quarter. If you want Nick me to Batum name off 500 things I'd rather watch than Nicholas Batum <laughs> play basketball, I will. Have you watched Queens but Gambit yet? It's gonna be a long. If, if you're pod. not watching, if you're not watching third and fourth quarter of Clippers, is that the chess watch thing? Queen, yeah, yeah, watch Queens Gambit. Uh, really good. It's worth watching. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Really? I love it. Yeah, it's really good. Not what I expected from you, but again, I didn't expect you to promote Nicholas Batum either. If if you watch Queens Gambit, um, we'll we'll talk about something we alluded to a couple weeks ago, like the deeper conversation about visualization and all that. Okay. But not Batum. But not Batum. Do you think Batum's going to play in his ski mask or no? All right. The guy is a robber. He robbed Charlotte for four years. All right. uh, And and Lakers, like one sentence, it's the guys who were first and second and sixth man of the year. Schroeder and Taylor Horton Tucker. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's the okay, Taylor Horton Tucker show yeah. and Caruso. And Caruso, yep. Caruso. Sacramento Kings. It's, I mean, it's Marvin Bagley because you it's mentioned Marvin Florida, Bagley. So, so I had him on my mind. There you go. <laughs> and you should. Is he going to bring anything? Yeah. Dude, Marvin Bagley has been. Like, I don't understand. He has been outstanding when he's played. He hasn't been, he's been riddled by injury. And that is part of, you know, you know, great. Sometimes your greatest ability is availability and he hasn't been available. And that is a huge knock, but it is not like when he has played, he has sucked. He's had some really good moments. He's had some 30 and twenties. I mean, he's had some big games in the NBA so far. Uh, The numbers aren't bad. And I do think that he, I look, I saw them in person. A uh a year ago, and I said, "Boy, they got Fox, Heald, and Bagley. If you don't screw this up, you got some nice stuff to build around with this team." And they got Harrison Barnes still. Like that's not uh, healthy. That's not going to be a bad team. It's not because I love Fox. I think Fox will make All Star teams, and I think Bagley will eventually make All Star teams. I still believe that, and so. I might end up being wrong about that, well, but I, I certainly have. There's been nothing that's happened, even in his short time in the NBA, that has made me sell stock outside of the injuries. Um, You've probably just bought more stock because people are selling off. They're right? selling off. They're selling yeah, off on the guy. Hey, yeah, I don't think they should sell off on the guy. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> Blazers. Yeah. I mean, Covington's there now. Who else? 
Anything else different about them? I, I mean, they yeah, kind of are what they, they are. They've made, they've made changes. They've made changes to their roster. The, you know, I mean, they, big ones that matter. I mean, Carmelo's Cantor, back. You know, you know, they've made some moves, but ultimately, De- Derek Jones Jr. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, they made they made some solid ads. Dude, Harry, I Harry saw Giles, something the yeah. other day about him, and they were like, "The Blaze." I was reading some story about it was some season preview about a bunch of different teams, and they were going through like the transactions that took place, and. I remember being shocked by Derek Jones Jr.'s age in the article. How old is he? He, he was way younger than I thought. 23. Yeah, I was going to say he's the young 20s, 23. I thought he's been around longer than that. I feel like he's been around longer than that. Hey, he came in the league at a young age, man. I guess. I guess. I don't remember him in college either. Do you? Where did he yeah, go? I mean, he was UNLV. UNLV. I don't remember. I mean, he's kind of similar to the guy that he is today. You know, obviously dynamic athlete as everybody sees. You know, when you watch him play, but you know, energetic. Yeah, he's, he's a solid. He's player. pretty devastating at the top of that zone with Jimmy Butler when they ran oh, that yeah. zone. Yeah. he was pretty he, great he's at he's that. A, he's a fun player. So I, I think for Portland, uh, you know, I think there's really almost nothing specific. It's similar to some of the other teams we talked about, where it's like, how do all these newer pieces? that round off the roster fit together with CJ and Dame and Nurk. We got those five games coming up and then we got a whole bunch others. And then the preseason, honestly, to get these guys, you know, you've got the group of the guys that are coming back from injury, like Curry, like Durant, like cousins, even Oladipo on a, on a smaller level uh, that are coming back and trying to reclaim what they once were. And then you've got all the rookies. That's what the preseason's fun for is seeing the rookies and seeing kind of what they look like right off the bat and kind of how they how they look on a floor with other NBA players for the first time. And there's some of them, like you were mentioned, uh, Obi, he'll he's gonna look like he's gonna look the part in the uh in an NBA uniform like immediately. He's a grown ass man. And let me tell you something. I'll say this at the very end because I saw the kid was it yesterday or the day before? And you were all over him when we did all of our draft stuff. You are all in on Desmond Bain. I saw this kid, Kevin. Mm, he's good. Bro, look, I, I have never seen a rookie built like this guy. He looks <laughs> like, when you see him, he looks like a linebacker. Yeah, he does. Yep. He has like bodybuilder arms, <laughs> like yeah. huge yeah. muscles. It is bananas yeah, how is. big this guy is. Yeah. He is like, he is Football bigger player. than like yeah. PJ Tucker. He is yeah. huge. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> Like, why is this guy not playing for the Carolina Panthers? Yeah, yeah. He's like a star tight end. He can make an Antonio Gates level transition. Very, so every once in a while, you got to see a guy, but like, just see like shockingly huge, yeah. especially yeah. for a rookie. So I'll tell you this. If there's nothing else, he, he could go fight Jake Paul if basketball doesn't work out. <laughs> and, and, and you know, the funny thing is like, you think muscular players in the NBA, they're usually not knockdown shooters, but yeah. Desmond Bain has a flamethrower from three. Like he can not just stroke threes, like stand still. He can become he can come sprinting off a screen or pull up off the dribble. Like Desmond Bain can shoot it. Like he can shoot it. 
So like he's gonna be like a fun like league pass nerdy type of player to watch because it's like this big huge muscular guy who can just shoot the hell out of the ball. <laughs> when people see this dude, and I may tweet out a video tomorrow, he flexed for the camera, and I was like, "What the hell?" Like a big fire hose vein running down his arm. I mean, he looked like damn Arnold Schwarzenegger. He looked like he looked like the real Bane yeah. from the movie. I'm like, Jesus, they drafted the real Bane. Yeah. All right. And, anyway. and also one other quick thing on him. He's also an awesome dude. Just wanted to say that too. Oh, he's yeah. a great guy, a great teammate. And he's he's gonna be one of those people people love to have in their locker room as a, as as their teammate. I can't wait to see all great these guy. uh different rookies and all these games that are going on this weekend. <laughs> Kevin, have a great weekend. I will talk to you on Tuesday. Uh Thanks, as always, to producer Sasha, and thank you to all of you that continue to help us get the word out and subscribe to the uh, the Mismatch feed everywhere. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, thank and you. we're we're getting the artwork updated everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin's supposed to go and be Kevin O'Picasso and uh, do the artwork yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> he just hasn't he hasn't yeah. gotten around to it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think th I think sometimes you need to refresh the page, and sometimes like other apps take long enough update. I don't know, but uh, people are working on it behind the scenes. But thank you everybody for listening to the mismatch, and um, it's awesome. It's great, Chris. I'm excited for the season to get oh, rolling, man. We're gonna, gonna be look, by the next time. By the next time we speak, we will be talking about basketball action. Yeah, and let's just keep our great. fingers crossed that during this global pandemic, we're able to have a basketball mm. season and everybody stay healthy and yeah. safe. Hope so, man. Hope so. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Yeah. There's no way around it. Uh, we'll talk to everybody next Tuesday.